Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 119, verses 97 through 104. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Deuteronomy chapter 12 verses 1 through 12. These are the statutes and rules that you shall be careful to do in the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you to possess all the days that you live on the earth. You shall surely destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall dispossess serve their gods, on the high mountains, and on the hills, and under every green tree. You shall tear down their altars, and dash in pieces their pillars, and burn their ashram with fire. You shall chop down the carved images of their gods, and destroy their name out of that place. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. But you shall seek the place that the Lord your God will choose out of all your tribes to put his name and make his habitation there. There you shall go, and there you shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and the contribution that you present, your vow offerings, your free will offerings, and the firstborn of your herd and of your flock. And there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice, you and your households and all that you undertake, in which the Lord your God has blessed you. You shall not do according to all that, you are, that we are doing here today, everyone doing whatever is right in their own eyes. For you have not yet come to the rest and to the inheritance that the Lord your God is giving you. But when you go over the Jordan and live in the land the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, and when he gives you rest from all your enemies around so that you live in safety, then to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name dwell there, there you shall bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and the contribution that you present, and all your finest vow offerings that you vow to the Lord. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God you and your sons and your daughters, your male servants and your female servants, and the Levite that is within your town, since he has no portion or inheritance with you. The Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 41 through 51. So the Jews grumbled about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. 
I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Good morning and welcome to the seventh Wednesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Laguna Niguel, California. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 119, Deuteronomy 12, and John 6. Sorry for recording late. I'm just happy that I made sure I did it rather than let it go. Um, <clears throat> and then the, the reading in John, uh, John is the fourth gospel. It's also the gospel that scholars believe was composed last of the four that are in the canonical uh, Bible. And uh, John also is uh, quite the uh, allegoricist. He likes to make a lot of allegories and spiritualize the stories and kind of fill out some of the the theological details that the earlier evangelists um, either don't see or don't care to bring up. Like Luke just really wants a narrative account. Matthew kind of tries to make it make sense for a Jewish audience, and Mark is is short, sweet, and to the political point. And John... um, points out <clears throat> that there's this connection. Not only is there a connection between the manna that fell from heaven in the Exodus and Jesus' own function, divine function here on earth. And so he closes this passage with, I am the bread that will give that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Um, he's like, you know, there's there's no ambiguity. My flesh is the bread of life that is given for the world. Um, and by the 90s, they were already making a big deal about eating together, um, not just baptism, not just circumcision, but eating meals together. Um, and John even goes so far in his passion to talk about the washing of the feet. So it's also like the whole ritual uh, environment of the the early Christians, which were much more Jewish um, and less Hellenized, less um, Gentile. Um, the whole uh, a, a new ritual world is being developed, and <clears throat> he draws in. Um, I, want, I think it's Ezekiel where he talks about um, uh, God will replace the hearts of stone, which is the tablets, with hearts of flesh, which is you know a way of saying, look, the law is less important than you know, being compassionate, being uh, in relationship with one another. Because at the end of uh, that passage, I believe, um, uh, says uh, no one will teach one another about God because they will all know God in their own hearts. And John paraphrases or has Jesus paraphrase that passage, and they will all be taught by God, which is there won't be any need for priests or lawyers there won't be any need for um, sacrifices because God, once more, will be among the people. Um, just like in Genesis where God walked in the garden with them and communed with them, so too is what Christians look forward to. The, the uh, John's community understood that as being the, the end toward which we are all going as well as the origin that we all share of being directly in relationship with God through, for John, and for for us, through Christ. 
um, Christ wasn't there in the garden in the same way that Christ was there in, you know, in Jerusalem and Galilee. Um, but John wants to make it very clear. Look, this is this is the point. Like, there's no, you know, I think John even has like the fewest amount of parables because there's no, you know, John's perspective on Jesus is like there's something happening here that's important. Um, and there, and John also gets a little anti-Semitic uh, and a little anti, uh, anti-Roman, um, but he sees with very sharp clarity um, that there's a point to all this. Like, let's, you know, let's not, let's not hide anything, right? This is what this is doing. Um, and I say he was a little anti-Semitic and a little anti, um, anti-Roman or anti-imperialist, um, uh, because he sees, to an extent with Paul, that what was expected when Jesus came was like Israel would not just be the source, but also the, the foundation and the wellspring of this new thing that God is doing. And it makes sense, or it would make sense, that the Jews, you know, wholesale, would accept this and, and, and see it for what it is, because they this is Israel, right? When that doesn't happen, and for John it hasn't happened, not only is this new ritual environment that is being created in John's understanding of Jesus, not only is that um, drawing upon the the ancient Israelite tradition, it's also expanding it. Like foot washing was not a big wasn't a big thing for Jews. Like baptism was popular at the time, and and John the baptizer kind of took it and ran with it. Um, but uh, foot washing is like, it was kind of, it was what servants did. So John not only draws upon the the kind of, uh, the broad strokes of Judaism and its ritualizing um, theology, but also is taking and flipping the world. John was the youngest apostle. It's thought that he, you know, outlived everybody. Um, he's the only apostle, according to the oral tradition, you know, just the stories that the early church passed around about each other. He was the only apostle that wasn't martyred. Um, and so he sees all of his friends get killed. He sees, you know, they have no status. They have no, you know, earthly influence. And so um, he understands Jesus particularly flipping the social order. And so the servants are the ones who are saved first. And so you make yourselves like servants. You wash the feet of one another. Um, you do these things that Jesus did. Um, and it's, you know, it's likely that Jesus washed their feet and the other gospels are like, that's kind of weird. And, you know, I'm not really sure how that fits in. And maybe Jesus was just kind of being weird. Uh, but John remembers it. John sees that. Um, that act as embodying this kind of twofold thing that Jesus is doing. The one, he isn't. He is a Jew. He is. He embodies, uh, you know, as perfect an example of the Israelite tradition as one can imagine. But also, he is um, sympathizing with the poor in a in an embodied, ritualized, socio-economic kind of subversive way. Um, and I, I 
say all that because you know I, I think John is a really interesting uh, provides really interesting perspective on the Gospels and the Good News itself, um, and despite it being kind of animated against soldiers and Jews, um, I do sense in there a certain um, camaraderie with the poor, which within the military, the grunt is kind of the epitome of the poor. They take all the shit that rolls downhill. Uh, they have to kind of you know take a beating and get up and keep walking and. Um, that's the kind of perseverance and the kind of hardiness that um, that the military requires of its lowest-ranking enlisted personnel, but also that um, John and I think Jesus expects of of the followers of this thing that he is doing within Judaism, which we now call Christianity. And so there's some parallel there, even if on its surface, like John does not like soldiers, um, he doesn't like Jews a whole lot, even though he is one, um, because of how they fail the system. They so often have been expected to behave in a certain way and protect the interests of certain people, and they have failed. And so even though those that form of the lowly exists within Judaism and within the military, um, John doesn't have eyes, I don't think, to see that on the most direct in the most direct way, even if I think that it's you know it's still there under the surface in what John sees Jesus doing. A prayer for social justice from the Book of Common Prayer. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving spirits may so move every human heart, especially the hearts of the people of this land that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatreds cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in an episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.